Being a guest speaker for Unity is always a joy to me. They give you the theme for the year and the theme for the month, and then you consult with the Spirita to create a talk for the people. Unity's 2019 theme is One Humanity, Many Stories. Their theme for April is Being Enough. I rise up and reclaim my true identity as a sacred being. Additionally, I was given explicit instruction by Tony King, who asked me to speak today, which I shall read verbatim. We are asking you to be a little more vulnerable and include a little known detail of your life. Maybe a challenge or struggle you've gone through and how you came through it, good or bad, and what you learned that contributed to your personal story. So my talk title today is I Want to Be Light, and I'm hoping to tie together all three of those elements. Here we go. So trauma has been a super interesting subject to me lately, and I am definitely not an expert on trauma, but from the exploration that I've personally been doing, I'm starting to define trauma as any situation in which your soul has to like pop out of your body while this sort of personal earthquake happens, whatever it is. And sometimes it's not necessarily physical violence, sometimes it's more of a social trauma which in my case is what I'll be talking about today. And then when you come back into your body, if you ever do, the journey then begins to pick up the pieces that were broken while you were out. The following is one of those personal disasters for me. Now this is a very little known detail of my life. I'm going to keep it somewhat vague for many reasons, but mostly because the details, they just never seem to matter when it comes to wounding. So the Reader's Digest version of the story is that once upon a time I brought together a very great group of people that we created this really awesome thing that many people loved. We spent a lot of time together, like a lot of time together, and celebrated and grew this really awesome thing for almost a decade. We were all very tired. (laughs) Passionate, but very tired. Unbeknownst to me, a storm was brewing. My hard-headedness combined with my well-intentioned steadfastness to keep the ship moving despite our collective over-ambitiousness fogged my lenses so that I, I couldn't see anything that was really happening behind the scenes, which was perfect because I don't think I really wanted to see what was happening. Working with only the tools that we all had at the time and drowning in fear, lightning decisions were made without grace, though spirit was certainly present throughout the entire time. The next thing I knew, I was ambushed, sitting at a round table and told that I was being left behind. Time stood still. The dimensions in the room warped. I searched earnestly for a life jacket, but found only anchored eyes and weighted words, assuring me that not only was this actually happening, but also that it was much deserved. I flew out of my body and watched from above as a shaky, awkward girl who looked just like me attempted to play it cool. I wished everyone well and bravely exited the room end scene. In the parking lot, I let out a blood-curdling scream and was certain that I was dying. Hyperbolic as it may seem, I think it's important to acknowledge these traumatic moments as death. Because they are, and for all we know, the nervous system probably doesn't know the difference between all the different kinds of human deaths that we go through. What happens after trauma, especially for a recovering intellectual such as myself, (laughs) is an over-dissection of the story. A desperate attempt to mulch, salvage, recycle, bury, heal, and grow from these traumatic events, especially as new thought people, yes. 
The over-dissection process, though it paves the way for breakthroughs and many aha moments, is a focus on the story, and that's the story with a capital S. In phase one, I was the victim, throws hand to head and faints on a couch. The great unappreciated protagonist who, despite her valiant, selfless, brilliant leadership, goes unappreciated and is just tossed aside. Someone cue a slideshow of all the times in my life that this exact thing has happened to me over and over. Call me the great unappreciated one. Give me a cross and call me a martyr. Is it Good Friday yet? <laughs> but I persisted through phase one because I am a brave spiritual and there must be a lesson and a reason that all these things had to happen in exactly this way. I bet the lesson was around being a victim, I thought. So I dug deeper, found a mirror covered in mud, cleaned the mirror, and enter phase two. Oh God, I'm the antagonist. I'm the bad guy. I was deserving of all of this. I'm a horrible person who deserves nothing. I've done everything wrong. I've ruined everything. My life will never be the same. Throws hand to forehead and faints on couch. Strange to think the role of the victim and the perpetrator in these drama triangles are so similar. <laughs> so like any good new thought practitioner, I sought healing. Where many people run, the other side of that is we dig and 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 there's more healing to be had because as you seek healing, more will manifest. And so I did what any good spiritual person would do. I sought shaman and healers, and therapists, and shaman healer therapists. <laughs> and I went over here and I found reason and purpose that things happened. And then I sought a real love life coach who taught me to take responsibility and to look at myself and to, to see the way that my wounds were my own and that no one can trigger you because all the triggers live inside you and you're just merely choosing to be triggered. And I got to see all the way that I, in some ways, did deserve the things that happened to me because I was blinded. And I was a flawed leader. And so there I sat, weaving back and forth and back and forth. And I would have a breakthrough and you think the wound is gone and then you get on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and you see all of your friends doing that thing without you. And <laughs> it opens again and then you go back to the spiritual healer and the therapist and the shaman. And, and you do it all again and again and again. And you think, oh my God, is this ever going to heal? I should get off social media. I can't get off social media. I need it for my business. That is a great excuse for my addiction. <laughs> and that's how it went. And I did all of the things over the course of a year and a half trying to heal and heal and heal and, and come with a contrite heart and a broken spirit. And in that time I had a baby. That was a whole other thing. <laughs> but then... I thought, this is never going to go away. I've got to do, do something crazy. I've got to do something I've never done before. And so I traveled south to one of those magical, mystical places where there's a medicine man and he has you drink a special tea. <laughs> and then you do, and you do some purging. And then your wounds are gone and you're forever healed and you're totally reborn and it's all done. And that was the point that I was at. So I went south and I met this medicine man. And he, before he gave me the tea, he said, you, you know, you may purge and that is your wounds coming up and leaving you forever. Just so you know, don't drink the vomit. <laughs> and I thought, is that a thing? And he said, yeah, it is. And I thought, well, it's certainly a metaphor. Because how many times do we heal these wounds, think that they're gone, and then just rewound ourselves by picking up the story again? And I thought, wow, yeah, don't eat the vomit. 
is the most beautiful metaphor I've ever heard. And also, don't worry, uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Metaphorically, it might. So I went on this journey, and I drank the tea, and I had all these expectations of what was going to happen. And you know what happens when you have expectations. You get flattened. None of them come true, and it's the most humbling thing that the Divine Spirit can do for you. And so I drank the tea, and nothing was happening. And um, I sat there trying and trying and trying and trying until I got so tired that I gave up. And while everyone else in the healing pilgrims around me sought their healing, and I was so sure that they were getting what they needed, I gave up and I laid down on my side and just began to breathe. And for the first time in a really long time, I was like, oh man, I feel really comfortable. And I have a lot of pain. And people tell me all the time, you're only 30, you don't get to say that. And I was like, oh man, I'm screwed. <laughs> because my back hurts. And so I, I realized, oh man, I feel really comfortable. And I just started to breathe and think, you know what, if this is, if I came all this way just to feel comfortable for a couple hours, I'll take it. And so that's when the spirit started to come into the cracks, was in my comfort. And I started to see, as I was laying in the fetal position, which I realize now is so poetic, these little stories that I was holding on to began to lift off of me like, like little balloons. And I began to feel really light. And then I'd be like, wait, I want more information on that wound, right? Isn't that what we do? We can't just release things. We have to understand them. Again, especially us new thought people, we want the information, we want the lesson. And so I would examine the wound and bring it back down and then all of a sudden I'd be heavy again. And this continued, releasing the stories and feeling light and then reattaching to them, examining them, studying them and getting heavy again. And finally the spirit came to me and said, do you want to feel heavy or do you want to feel light? And I said, I want to feel light. And she said, then you got to let go of the stories. And that was it. For as much as us recovering intellectuals feel the need to understand everything in spirit's ways, and we want the information, what that does is it gives us baggage and it weighs us down. And we all know that if our luggage weighs more than 50 pounds, American Airlines is going to charge us a fee. <laughs> and how, <laughs> let that sink in. And how many of us are walking around not just with our own baggage, but for us empaths, the baggage of other people as well. So here's all mine, and let me take yours, and yours, and yours. Don't worry, I'll pay all the fees. I've got miles. <laughs> And sometimes healing is as simple as releasing the story. Do you want to be heavy or do you want to be light? I want to be light. Do you want to be heavy or do you want to be light? I want to be light. I want to be light. I want to be light. So I feel that I was led here today to bring you all to this reflective question. What stories are you holding on to and how much do they weigh? Do you need to open them and examine the contents inside before you can let them go and it's okay if you do or can you just let them go? Can you Marie Kondo the wounds inside of you <laughs> and get rid of all that doesn't bring you joy? Thank you. <laughs> And so today, I have brought 
Professor Daylover over here. So my specialty is guided meditations. And so right now I'm going to, and that's why we skip the meditation early, because we're going to do it right now. What's the turkey doing? He's in the other room. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> Unsupervised? Supervised. Oh, we see that lack of faith right there I just had in my partner. <laughs> I'm not micromanaging. There's no reason that a group of people would want to leave me. Okay, so we're going to, um, Professor Daylover, play me something light, but also moody. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to ask you all to go in and touch your bodies. And let's take some deep breaths. And the first thing I want you to do is become what I like to call outrageously present. Outrageous presence is when you come so fully into this room with no expectations and no judgment. You tap into all six of your senses. Before we journey elsewhere on this guided meditation, first we must be here. For you have to go in in order to get out. So we're in this room on a beautiful spring morning. We hear the music. We feel our chair. And we feel the energy inside of us. Slowly, the image of this room melts away and you find yourself in the middle of the ocean. You're lying on your back, floating effortlessly. You feel the warmth of the sun and the ease with which you are carried by the water, the same way you are carried by the Father. You feel some tugging along your spine and you notice some ropes coming out of the back. Maybe there's one, maybe there's four, maybe there's twenty. Without judgment, without fear, in total love and neutrality, you're going to trace these ropes as they sink under the water all the way to the bottom of the ocean. And when you reach the bottom, you see that these ropes are held down by anchors. When and only if you are ready, you begin to pick up the anchors one at a time and look at the story, the name of the wound, a word, a symbol, a memory etched into the bottom of the anchor. This is a story that has been weighing you down. That spirit has led you to this room today because he is guiding you to release. If you feel called to not even look at the anchor, that's okay too. We don't have to know what's under there. 
If you find yourself moving out of neutrality, bring it back with the breath and the knowledge that you are safe. And when you're ready, I'm going to begin to pray prophecy over these anchors and these ropes, and they're going to begin to disappear. They might burn, they might melt, they might cut away. It's going to be different from everyone. Just watch and be in awe of the way that our imaginations work directly with the Divine and Holy Spirit to do the healing that we need. Divine and Holy Spirit, we know that you are God and that you are the Infinite One. Divine and Holy Spirit, we know that because we exist, that we are one with you. For it is in your infinite nature to be enclosed by you always. Divine and Holy Spirit, we surrender our anchors now, allowing them to melt away into the bottom of the ocean where Gaia, the Holy Mother, will recycle them. She is the great recycler. She will harness that energy and send it back out into the world for good. It no longer has a home in our space and we surrender it to you now. And as your work is being done, we move into a place of gratitude. Gratitude for so many things, God. Gratitude that you are who you say that you are. Gratitude that these spiritual laws exist and that you have chosen me in this lifetime to get to know them. Gratitude that the anchors that we once carried are now gone, for my word has spoken over it, Lord. And gratitude in knowing that we carried them in your divine will. For God molds our valleys to fit our purpose. And we walk that in a place of absolute gratitude. For gratitude is the only energy that we ever need to hold to walk in this kingdom and to maintain our place. And so we allow ourselves to vibrate higher and higher, more into gratitude. We see it as glitter, yellow, sparkles. What does gratitude look like to you? Allow an answer to appear. You are doing this work, and as you vibrate in gratitude, you begin to feel lighter and lighter and lighter. And claim for once and for all that I want to be light. We release this prayer, and so it is. Amen. How are you all feeling? Light. <laughs> yeah. What does that feel like? What does, 
I know it's sort of a circular question, but I want to create some programming here. Give me some words that feeling light makes you feel. Empowered. Empowered. Tell me what being empowered is like. Oh, chills. Full body, like I'm going down to the ankles here. Empowered, nothing is holding me back. Mm, I needed that, thank you for that word. Who else has a word? Grateful. Grateful, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting as I was doing that prayer that I was like, oh, gratitude and light, they're the same weight. <laughs> yeah, so you feel lighter when you're grateful. Thank you for that word. We're programming right now, we're in the control center. Who else is getting word right now? Trust. Trust. Tell me about trust. Trust is such an interesting concept. Tell me what trust is. The story I had attached to it is very funny, but I need to release it and not share it and, and just... Yes! Just be in trust. I am speechless. I, I dealt with so much frustration with writing, with, with speaking the sermon today because it required the story. And that's, you know, story with a little TM at the end. Yes, yes. And of course, everything I just said was a story and we can just let that go too. Even the aha moments. Wow. One thing I love about trust that makes me think of um, Mother Teresa. A man came to her and asked her to pray for clarity for him. And she said, I will absolutely not pray for clarity for you, for clarity is the crutch of the Christian. What you need is faith and trust. And I love that. Good. Anything else come up for anyone that we want to put into the space right now before I kind of close this reprogramming we've got going on? Untethered. Untethered. Like a marionette who's spinning. Ooh, what a, I have full goosebumps again. Purge. Let it out. Beautiful. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Untethered. Before we close, and if any other word comes into the space, please let me know. I'd love to program it in before we close. Seeing this emotion come through right now. My uh, New Year's resolution last year was to never resist a cry for the whole year. And it changed my life. Because so often, and I don't know when it happens because I watch my toddler never resist a cry. <laughs> And you know what else he never does when he cries? Go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> he just feels his feelings and then he lets them out and then it's over. And how many of us, our first reaction when a cry comes on is to resist and the second reaction is to apologize. So my wish unto you, seed that I'm planting as you begin to continue the untethering process, is to not resist the cry. It's like the shaman, you gotta purge. Crying is emotional purging and it's one of the most powerful things you can do and I love the word untethered and from now on for the rest of my life, every time I cry, I will imagine that I am being untethered. 
incredible. Thank you.